Welcome to the MTD podcast. Today we're going to be discussing the evolution of work holding and today I'm joined by three special guests and um, we're at the home of Imbook UK um, and firstly we're joined by Nick Peter, Managing Director. Welcome Nick. Thanks very much Jay. Hi, welcome. And well thank you for having us. Uh, oh, absolutely pleasure, it's nice to see you here. <laughs> and you again Nick, we've been seeing quite a bit of each other recently um, and thanks for having us on site. Second we were joined by our very own Lindsay Vickers, presenter at MTD. Thanks very much for that intro, Gio. It's so hot in here, isn't <laughs> it, it? It is red hot. The windows are wide open, so you may hear a little bit of uh, interference. And soon we'll be joined by uh, Dave Noakes as well. He'll be joining the show soon. But um, again, we, we've been traveling quite a bit, haven't we, Lindsay? And we, we've been looking at lots of different applications, lots of different work holding solutions, lots of new innovations. And, and today we just thought that we, we need to take the opportunity to do a podcast from Heimbook UK because we've looked at some of the products that you've got in your showroom, Nick, and we believe that that they lend themselves to milling applications as well, not just turning applications. And and, and we believe as well that maybe there is a perception that Heimbook is just for turning. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I think the history of the company starts from a turning perspective, well, a multi-spindle perspective, actually. But the stationary work holding that we do came on a lot later. Uh, And to be honest, it's just as important as the rotary work holding section that we've got because it uses a lot of the elements exactly the same so as long as you've got the base chuck whether that be on a lathe or whether it's got a milling machine and all the collets all the interchangeable adaptions all actually fit both um both base units so it's a very flexible adaptable system but you're right g we've really only been known for our turning products and the stationary side is really just as big and Lindsay, what do you think about this? I mean, you've seen some of well, the products downstairs that maybe you wouldn't have seen before. Or no, ha- I think what it is, is you're just saying it's the evolution. And we say it with so many different companies at the moment, it's the evolution and everything changing and how you've seen something, you see a problem and now you're addressing it. And that's exactly what you're doing, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we the idea of the company is, and, the, and the system itself is that we solve work-holding problems and we provide a work-holding system that's easy to change, accurate. You can hit it hard as hard as you like, but it, it's the right work-holding for the right job. If you can't change your work-holding elements quickly, then you're going to tend to go with the work-holding that's not quite right, but it'll do the job just around. But people are scattering microns all over drawings now, and people want to hit things a lot harder. The feed rates are uh, harder. So people need to have the right work-holding. And I think people's perception is that a three-jaw chuck does everything, but it doesn't do anything particularly well. It's sort of a do-all, catch-all thing, Um, whereas our system could be changed very quickly and will fit the part that you're trying to uh, machine perfectly. I think um, that was proven when we recently visited um, Park Ranafin in Sheffield. They they use the modular heads where they've got the free jaw chuck, they can put the collet chuck on, and, and effectively that solution there is fully automated solution on the DMG machine with the ABB robot. But the uh, Heimbook collet chuck system was the crucial part in that application because it reduced and eliminated setup times. Now, I just want to go back one step, Nick. You said that the collets are interchangeable um, from a lathe to a milling machine. So that really does open up a lot of um, new avenues for end users that are currently using your work holding solutions on their lathe because effectively now they could be using the same collets on their milling machines 
explain how this works and what products will be needed for this. Well, we, we start the system with a base chuck, if you like, a base collet chuck, and that can be stationary or it can be rotating. So it's a base collet chuck, which collets get changed in and out of with a gun very, very quickly, very, very accurately. But those base collet units can then also have a three-jaw chuck adaption put on them, which literally changes in a couple of minutes, and you've still got the accuracy there. Um, it also takes uh, mandrels, so you can clamp internally in, in bores, probably up to about 150 mil diameter. But we've also got face drivers, magnetic chucks, Morse taper adapters, any adaption that you can think all has a zero point system on the back of it that can be put in and out of a, that base collet chuck very quickly, very easily, and you can change over to another job within a matter of minutes. And would people assume it's just for round parts? Not at all. Profiles, all sorts of triangles, squares, hexagons, weird and wonderful profiles um, can be used in the collet because the collet itself has got a quite a, um, a solid base that we can actually EDM or mill uh, parts into. And the customer can even do it himself in machinable collets. And if you wanted to put it on a fifth axis machine, the, man- the Manic, um, you could prep... Uh, a billet if you wanted to couldn't you need larger than the capacity of the collet we've seen people prep 250 mil billets with a 65 mil spigot on the back and grip it in a 65 mil chuck and machine around a 250 mil billet which is quite a simple thing to do on a lathe but then when you're trying to do it on a a mill that's quite a difficult piece to hold and Lindsay, you're looking at the 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 clamping mechanism and the clamping testing kit that was downstairs as well. I mean, that's kind of quite... Yeah, you're kind of bringing it into the 21st century again, aren't you? So what's that all about? How does that work? uh, Clamping pressures have always been a little bit of a guess. It's a little bit of a black artwork holding it. There's a little bit of black magic involved in it. And people always guess how much pressure they've actually got on something. And it's really important to know what pressure you're clamping on something so that, A, it's not going to suddenly come out past your ear or it's not going to deform it, collapse it, or something like that, to make sure you have got the right pressure on the machine. You haven't got too much pressure on, perhaps it's going to break apart or something like that. So it's important also for health and safety that pressures are monitored so that you can actually put it into any work-holding device that you've got and measure that pressure exactly so that you know what it is and you can go back to it if anything changes at any stage. Can you explain to the listeners um, exactly what it is and explain to them what the product is and what you're using. Yeah, it's a testing device that actually has strain gauges actually embedded into a head, which is then uh, got complicated electronics in it. But it's actually then connected to Bluetooth that goes to a program that is our patented program. So you can actually monitor pressure perfectly all the time, depending on what you're going to put into it, whether cylinder or manually. Um, and then you've got to know exactly what the pressure is all the time. Is this kind of um, a step into Industry 4.0 from iBook? Yeah, it is because it is Bluetooth compatible, so we can actually test that pressure stationarily or rotation. But also some machine manufacturers are starting to integrate that software in with the actual program on the machine itself so that you can actually see what the pressure is actually in the program. So on the fly now, you can start to change pressure. So if you bore a part out, let's say, and you really need suddenly big pressure to, for the bar, but you want to lower the pressure slightly, you can do that on the fly now sometimes. Electric cylinders are starting to come in now a little bit 
um, rather than have hydraulics. So you can alter pressures. Um, chucks are starting to be embedded with those same strain gauges so that you actually know what pressure is actually on the, the part itself through the chuck and it can all be monitored on the machine by the machine control. So this is kind of going into the realm of Industry 4.0. Now we've, we've, we've clarified that Ironbook is not just for turning, it's also for many milling applications and varied milling applications at, at that with the kind of modular aspect that, that, it, 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 that it offers. Um, so the next um, point I want to touch on really, Lindsay, is automation. We were at Emo um, last year, it seems ages away wow. now, it's nearly a year ago, um, and there was a lovely demonstration on on, on the stand of, of a robot changing the collets over. So this takes it into a different kind of remit in regards to changing setups uh, autonomous automatically and with a robot. Now that that's that's changing the ballpark now, isn't it? Yeah, well, again, a three-jaw chuck. It's very difficult to change a three-jaw chuck jaws over to other jaws because you've got to undo bolts and all sorts of things. A collet can be changed over quite easily with our gun system. We just put it onto a robot arm, and then, again, it can be integrated in with the machine control. You know what? Some of the best ideas are some of the most simple ideas. Mm -hmm. The way you've just said that, you just... You're just using that gun, something like you would, and just taking the human out of it with a robotic arm. It's that's exactly, right. it's, it's crazy. It's only really. doing the same as your fingers would do. Yeah, really. yeah, that's it's what just, I mean. It's, it's so just simple. Collapsing a collet. Um, but all we're doing is putting that um, gun, if you like, onto our end of a robot arm and just making it pneumatically controlled. We've already got a pneumatically controlled gun. We just take the handle off it bolted onto a robot it's as simple as I that. mean it works perfectly doesn't it and I think what Lindsay says is absolutely spot on I think that the, the best designs are the most simple designs without, without a shadow of a doubt a lot of products are so over engineered and they don't even work properly at the yeah. end of the day um, the, the, the products that I'm book offer are, are definitely uh, very user friendly um, and it, it speaks for itself in regards to the kind of people that are using them. Now, Nick, during this period, um, we, we seem to be coming out of the end of this crisis. Uh, we hope. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> we hope, Gio. <laughs> we seem to be on the road a lot more now, don't yeah. we? Oh, gosh, sure. yes. I think it's changed. Definitely it's changed. Um, it's yeah. the new normal. Yes. Um, how, yeah. how have you found it, Nick? Yeah, I think we've um, we've been going since day one on this, really. We actually haven't stopped. We haven't had a day off or anything like that particularly. It's just the fact we had to change how we work. Um, so we realised we've got to have somebody in the office to accept deliveries, things like that. And But most other people now with technology again, to be honest, have been working from home. So everybody, it's almost the only difference is you can't have a chit-chat with people. You have to contact them on the phone. But as far as the company's concerned, it works perfectly. Um, we can all work from home. In fact, some people have already decided probably that's where they want to work, and that's fine. Some people's jobs can be done from home. Yes. You know, so mm. why not? As long as you trust those people, they can work from home, no problem at all. Yeah. Just to add to something, to, uh, jumping across from a different subject, but we were talking earlier on because, of course, we've been filming some videos today, and um, the guys were both telling us about something that amazes customers and um, with clamping forces in Greece. Mm -hmm. And so we've got to go into this because I find that I found it so interesting. So I want everybody who's listening to know as well. Yep. So um, hopefully, maybe we'll do a swarf and chips on it to show people um, this proof that you explain. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's a simple premise in some respects that 
you should grease things in engineering or oil things in engineering. Nothing, nothing works metal to metal unless you give it some sort of an advantage to slide over something else. And collets are no different from that. But we've known for some time, and it, it's something we really need to get out there now, that if you grease up a surface, and so especially collets, this is very prevalent too, grease something as opposed to not greasing it, you get about 30 to 50% extra clamping pressure out of that clamping device. And most people, when you tell them that, say, yeah, 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 it's, it can't possibly be that much. We know if you greased it, it'd be a bit better, maybe 5% or something. But actually, that's not true. Now, with our grip tester, we can actually see that the grimping pressure increase is between 30 and 50%. So jaws drop as soon as you say that. So show wh- when you explained it to me, I said I couldn't, I couldn't believe it when you, when you say about the mm-hmm. centrifugal forces and stuff. So can you explain a, a situation to me of how not greasing is going to fail someone and, and, and how that can, if they do grease it, the, the, what they can do and transform yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, not greasing a chuck just means that you get less clamping pressure. So then, of course, you can't hit the bar or part as hard as you would like to hit it because it moves. Yeah. Because you're not clamping it so hard. And what tends to happen is people turn up clamping pressures then to make sure that the part doesn't move and keep doing it in the end. And then something gives in the end something. And it's usually the draw tube adapter or something like that breaks and whatever. So it's important to grease it because then you'll do a better job. It holds the part more firmly, more mm. accurately. And over a longer period of time, better. You can use U-drills and things like that with um, better accuracy. It's like servicing a car. You just need to service it and stay on top of it for it to work at its best potential. Well, we, we have had customers say we didn't know you had to grease the chuck. Yeah. And then I guess that's the old man thing again. I'm not reading the manual before you actually use it. Yeah, who reads manuals, <laughs> eh? <laughs> well, we were at Fluid Experts last week uh, about talking about coolant. And again, you know, people don't top up their coolant and... Um, the, the savings from doing so are just astronomical. And that kind of brings me on to another point. Work holding, I think, fits into that kind of category to a certain degree in regards to overlooked processes or people don't realise the returning investments that they can get from acquiring the correct work holding. You know, it's adding value to your machine tool, your process, and effectively reducing the cost per part. But too often it is really overlooked, Nick, you know, mm-hmm. Have you seen this on your travels? Yeah, I mean, people will try and save money on things um, by actually using existing working because work holding. Because to take a three jaw chuck off all the time and change it is quite a—it's not a nasty thing to do, but it's, it's, it involves a bit of time and a bit of effort. And if it's a heavy chuck, a bit of health and safety. So people don't like doing it, so they will cobble together. We've seen jaws welded up and things like that, anything to make a job sort of work, but it doesn't work perfectly. So it's better if you make the work holding easy to change and it's accurate or you can rely on it, spend that extra little bit of money and actually get the right work holding for the right job and get the job done properly. Otherwise, if you don't, somebody else will get that job and do it it at a cheaper price and get the work. Yeah. No, Nick. Thank you very much, Nick. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. We're going to be joined now by uh, David Noakes, uh, Nick's partner in crime uh, here at Heimbook UK. Um, So, Lynn, that was really interesting talking to Nick about some of the latest evolutions and the best practice in regards to using work holding. Yeah. um, So, David, it's good to see you. The last time, well, not the last time, because we see you at shows and events 
throughout, you know, well, not at the moment due to COVID, but we normally do open houses. Uh, but we saw you doing a Swarf and Chips. It was how many years ago was that? Two? I think, yeah, 18 months, two years ago. 18 months. Quite a while. It's good to see you. Where's it gone? <laughs> Quick. It gone? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it yeah. is. So how have you been getting on? Um, well, it's adapting to the current situation. That's probably been the most challenging thing, really, because, you know, I've still continued to be out and about seeing the customers because, of course, you know, we've had this virus, but engineering hasn't stopped. Well, do you think, and this is going to be a bit controversial because just of us being out and about, and again, it's not <laughs> down to work holding, but do you think that a lot of people have been busy with previous um work that was coming in anyway and then we will have a slowdown but then we will pick up like what are your thoughts on it well you know this might sound a controversial thing to say but our biggest orders that we've been getting since the lockdown have been through aerospace companies wow now whether that's on work that was previously yeah continuing work i'm not so sure but um we've certainly seen you know, quite a substantial order off, a, off an aerospace company for blade work. So it's difficult to know. Yeah, really. I think we just don't know, difficult do we? Difficult to know. Yeah, but as long as we're ticking over and everyone's like, you know, that we know that people are looking for new work and, you know, it, it, we feel like there is a good vibe in the industry. I think so. I mean, one of the strangest things, when I, because as Nick said earlier, you know, we didn't stop. We were still going yeah. out. And, I, you know, at, at one point I thought I was the only man on the M1, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, of course, you know, customers are still needed to see us. And, of course, initially it was a lot of the ventilator work. Yes. And we were quite busy with that with you know, one or two machine tool companies supply machines and our work holding for doing the ventilator work. But things, you know, that's obviously, you know, been and gone now. And, um, yeah, you know, it's not consistent. Mm. But having said that, we're finding most of our customers are still busy. There are still quite a few who have invested in new equipment. And, you know, bravo for them at the, in this particular time. And um, we're still out seeing customers installing it is a challenge obviously to keep socially distanced and what have you but um we get there yeah great to see you dave you, you don't look a day younger by the way <laughs> <laughs> i know you're only saying that <laughs> uh, but no dave great to see you my friend and i think though touching upon uh, what nick says and what we're talking about with nick in regards to the evolution of work holding we go into a lot of the state of the art workshops with, with mtd mm. looking at some of the biggest investments in the industry some of the latest in, innovation and most of these machine tools have got your equipment on and um, you work closely with the oems in supplying the oem Very with the equipment so, yeah. and you also sell <clears> directly <throat> to the end users as well but i suppose the point i'm trying to make is is that what we've seen is the companies that have invested in the latest technologies to become more competitive. Are the ones that seem to be getting through this crisis? Would you agree, or is that something that well, we probably? Sorry to interject, and please answer his question. But also, what I'm picking up for yourself from yourselves and have done today is the fact that you know this industry. You're not just um, providing a product, but it's everything around it, and that's what I'm, I've got a feel from today. I think you're right there, Lindsay. And, you know, we've got a wide customer base, you know, making all sorts of different components for different sort of industries. So we're not particularly tied to one industry. You know, we, we, we're covering a lot of different uh, bases, really. 
And, you know, I always say to my friends when they ask, you know, every day is a school day for me. It's like going on a school trip. Yeah. Some of the places we go to. And, you know, I, I do feel privileged to, to be able to do that. And, you know, one of the nicest things, you know, we've, we've recently taken our new apprentice, Jacob, and it's just seeing his face when you go into some places. He's, you know, it blows his mind when, you know, I forget my 18-year-old self, but, you know, him, because he's Remind so keen and, and what have you, you know, it, it really gets your enthusiasm going again. Mm. And, you know, it's it's been a, a privilege to do, really, Yeah, to are be you, honest. Are you enjoying working with Jacob? Yeah, he's a good bloke. He's a good bloke and he's, he's enthusiastic, he's willing to learn. And, um, you know, he, he, he has surprised me couple of times you know i've said to him you know because when we install these things we often have to do a little bit of on-site training you know because everybody goes to bed and forgets it the next day yeah. and what have you and i've sort of said you know i've sort of preempted him a little bit but i've said look you do it and he's he's picked up the baton and ran with it are you a good teacher dave <sighs> You Me, Jacob, you'd you know by me. <laughs> I was going to say, ask you Jacob. you ask Jacob. But no, he's, he's, he's been a good lad and uh, so far so good. And let's hope he's, he keeps up his enthusiasm mm -hmm. because it enthuses us as well, you know, as old, old farts as such, you know. So get, get, get back <laughs> Can on, we say that? Back onto <laughs> you the say work. whatever you want, David. <laughs> Careful, no sir. Getting back onto the work holding, Dave, you know, again, we go into a lot of shops and predominantly on laves, we see Heimbook, Collet Chucks, um, and, and they're very modular, whether you want to put a, mm. a, an expanding mandrel on there or a free jaw chuck. Um, so they're modular and versatile. And again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to state the point. A lot of the companies that we've been to, Lindsay, are using Heimbook, and they can't praise it enough because it's saving them setup times. It's saving them um, time in so many different ways, changeover times, quality apart. There's, there's so many different savings that they get from that. So effectively, it's reducing cost per part. Now, give us some examples, um, Dave, of if they weren't using your system <laughs> How much further down the road would they be? How less competitive would they be? Well, massively so for a lot of customers. I mean, we've, we've got a particular uh, medical customer in Sheffield, and they have embraced not only the, the rotating, but the stationary stuff as well. For milling machines. Indeed, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's the interchangeability, not just of, of, of the, the components, but of the, the collets and what have you that, that they've embraced. And, you know, you look at most of the turning machines and most of the, the milling machines and they've all got our stuff on it. But I, what I can't and, understand, sorry to interrupt, Dave, yes. what I, can't, I really can't understand, it for me, if, if I was an Ironbook user and I was using Ironbook on my laves, I would just automatically and naturally be using it on my milling machines as well. It's just a no-brainer for me. Mm. Um, you know, it works. Um, why aren't they? Sorry to put you on the spot. Dave. You are putting me on the spot. <laughs> well, you know, it could be my failing, you know, in not... Oh, no, I don't think it's that in any way, shape or form. I, I, I think there is a mindset that we are yeah. just turning. And, you know, you can tell people till you're blue in the face that, you know, hang on a minute, you can do this on, on a machine centre, but um, sometimes it doesn't compute. Do you think if we did some videos to prove prove think, the pudding, I would they work? Probably ought to, yes. <laughs> There's a good lead <laughs> so, in there. You go. Yeah, the, the key is is the interchangeability. I mean, all the modular products that Nick's already talked about, you can use them 
on your stationery as well as your work holding. So in real terms, your cost is less. Yeah, I think for me, the reason being, in my opinion, is is because it's been sold uh, and it's worked so well on laves. People have just got that mindset of it's for a lathe because mm. they see a collet chuck effectively. They don't think out of the box and they think they've got, you know, a perception, right? A voice is for milling, a chuck is yes, for, for yeah, turning. And, and they, they, have, they can't. They can't have that foresight to maybe mm. think and think out of the box like we discussed today. But that's the same with everything, Gia. Every single video that we do is there any company that is trying to promote something. It's all about education. Mm. That's all it is because, you know, everyone is continuously, we talk about the evolution, but you as a company are specializing in what you do. So you're ever evolving and it's just educating people that you have got something new or a different area that you are still specialist in. And I think that's the whole thing. It's just educating Mm. people on something new, something different and opening their eyes to a different area. I think we need to do a technical corner on this then, Dave, because I think it's just such a fantastic um, solution for some fifth axis applications, free axis applications. It really does work perfectly. And and it and it gives you the the modular aspect of holding the round parts on a milling machine if you, you wish to do so, or even big massive billets larger than the capacity holding capacity of the collet chuck. So it would make for a fantastic video. So it'd be a, we'll definitely create a win, there you win, go. video win, is win, coming win, soon. Win, win <laughs> yeah, um, that's something we've got. To do. But now, Dave, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I'm just going to kind of round this up. It's 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 a shame. It's been fantastic. But again, do you think uh, just to finalize and 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 just to to wrap this up do you think work holding is overlooked still and 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 how and why is it overlooked i don't think it is to be frank i think you know buyers now you know people buying a machine tool they're quite well educated they know what they're they're looking for it's yeah it's a bit like us when we're buying you know a, a white goods or something we almost know what we're the information is out there it is yep it is and you know we're very well known out in the marketplace but like you say predominantly for turning but um no i think people are pretty pretty clued up these days in what they want and they know the high book is you know apart from it's predictable it's accurate it's you know premium quality product you know, they also do see the interchangeability part of it as well. You know, the going from a chuck to a collet, external clamping, you know, it's... Yeah. Well, we've got some fantastic visits lined up soon at some big end-user companies across the country with Heimbook UK. So really looking forward to them, Lindsay. And I think that they will be in education and will definitely um, kind of illustrate to other people the different ways in which Heimbook can be used. It's been an absolute pleasure today. Lindsay, any last thoughts? No, I just need some air conditioning unit because it is so hot at the moment, isn't it? So everyone can, when everyone, anyone listens to this, they'll know the period of time because it was just that week of heat and thunderstorms when this podcast um, was uh, filmed or recorded. It's been tough. It's been tough. We need need a drink. But but, um, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you've got any reviews, comments, um, please get in touch and let us know. But until next week, the MTD podcast. Thanks for listening to the MTD podcast. If you found value in this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. Find more episodes on mtdcnc.com.